0: So we're at week 35, chapter 9, mm-hmm. verses 11 through 20. We have some people that listen remotely, so I'll just pass. This is kind of like the speaking stick. Okay. So I'll pass this. <laughs> so you have like a number that we can call in? Or... Yeah. Well, what, we, what they do is they, they complete their worksheet online, mm-hmm. and then they email it to me. Oh, okay. And then I read it. I read the, their discovery in class, mm-hmm. and then I upload the um, audio to SoundCloud, and I send that out in the weekly email. So you get the audio file oh, email. discussion email. Yeah, okay. yeah. So this is the live talking stick. Oh, cool. so. <laughs> so I'll just briefly review what we did. When we started chapter nine, which is called the most confidential knowledge. And This is a very beautiful chapter. In the first verse, um, Krishna is speaking to Arjuna, and he says, "Because you are never envious of me, I shall impart to you this most confidential knowledge." and realization, knowing which you shall be relieved of the miseries of material existence. And it's interesting, he said, those who are not, because you are not envious of me. Because he goes on in this chapter to describe the um, envious nature of the atheist class, and then he goes on to describe the Mahatmas, or the great souls. So he starts the chapter by saying, because, basically because you're a great soul, you're not envious of me. Because the dichotomy is, those who are um, uh, against God, are atheistic. Um, even if they say I believe in science, but it, it's a it's a deeper root. It's not just it doesn't. That's what manifests on the surface. But uh, as Krishna says in the fifteenth chapter, he says that I'm giving the knowledge, I'm giving the forgetfulness, and I'm giving the remembrance. So he's giving faith to the atheists to forget him. So it it, it comes out in like this logic and 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 science atheistic science. But actually, in a deep, more rooted in the heart, is this desire to not to forget God, to to actually. There's
1: this very famous quote of uh, Heisenberg, Werner Heisenberg, who says uh, in the beginning, when you he's this Nobel uh, physicist, Nobel Prize winning physicist, uh, he in he says that in your early days of scientific discovery and research, you think like you've uh, conquered, uh, in God, but He is waiting for you. At the very end, deep inside. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. They say that um, um,
1: something along those lines. I can't uh, recall. The... Yes. Can pull up the code. Yeah. Even right. the scientists, uh, the two scientists, they know that deep down there is something beyond uh, what science can comprehend. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's some innate feeling that there's something greater. There's some. There's some hand. There's some intelligence moving things. And although. Because there's, of course, um, there's a, there's different levels spoken about. There's a sensual level. There's the uh, mental level, mm-hmm. the intellectual, and the spiritual. So if, if they're simply hovering on the mental and intellectual, mundane intellectual platform, but there's still something innate within them that is saying, it's not quite right. It doesn't quite resonate on a deeper <laughs> level. Although they might not be at the point where they can go deeper to realize that. But it reminded me of what you were saying, Coach that, um, some people say, "I I don't bow down to anybody. Mm-hmm. I won't bow down to anybody." But uh, I think Srila Prabhupada said, it, "At the time of death, you have to bow down. Everybody has to bow down at I the time." I think one of the quote. If I oh, may yes? just, yeah, go ahead. Say it. he said, "The first gulp from the glass of ah yes, yeah, okay.
1: the first gulp from the glass of natural sciences will turn you into an atheist, but at the bottom of the glass, God is waiting for you." <laughs> <laughs> this is from an Nobel Prize winning physicist.
0: That's great. (laughs) Yeah, you know, the funny thing is it's it's actually a very low percentage of people that consider themselves atheists. If you look up the statistics, I think it's something like 3%. Um, There's people that say, I don't know. They're more agnostic. There's a larger percent. But that's more honest. But people that say, I know there's no God, it's a very low percentage. Of course, more atheistic scientists, more scientists, there's a higher percentage of scientists
2: who are that way. But... That seems to be changing. Like you think so? Yeah. yeah. I've heard, I've, heard, I've seemed to be hearing more and more like people in the scientific mm-hmm. like universities and that, uh, that are embracing their spiritual side or, or kind of like you can only discover so much and then you're just like, well. I mean like ultimately a lot of science is like uh, it's almost like momentum of things that we've arbitrated you know what I mean? To like, just so we can make sense of our existence here you know what I mean? And uh, And I think a lot of more people are comfortable admitting that just because we're more confident with where we are, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I remember being, actually, I went to one class in college and he was like a diehard atheist. But the funny thing is, is he would honestly say so many times, like he would say, to be honest, we don't really understand this. I can't can't even remember how many times he would say that. Mm -hmm. We don't really understand this. We don't really understand this.
2: Which
0: is really helpful. Yeah, but the nature of pride is like, like to speculate. Mm. So, like, even if we can't have empirical knowledge, that's why there's so many theories. Like most of the science textbooks, if you remember, like high school science or like whatever, like all the scientific textbooks, most of it is theories. Mm. Like this theory, that idea, this idea. So. Prabhupada would say that's cheating. That's <laughs> cheating. It's real science, he said, real science means fact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm. Do you have anything in Priya you want to add to that? Oh, like any of
3: his understanding, you mean?
0: Know? Oh, no, just to the conversation. Oh. Okay. Okay, yeah, so then Krishna goes on to two. Then this is a famous verse. He said, This is the king of education. This knowledge is a secret of all secrets. It gives direct perception of the self through realization. It is everlasting and is joyfully performed. It's a very beautiful verse. And Text 3. So those who are not faithful in this devotional service cannot attain me, O conqueror of enemies. Therefore they return to the path of birth and death in this material world. In other words, in order to actually attain Krishna, one has to become fixed on the path of devotional service. Um, and th- that faithfulness develops through practice and through association with saintly persons, and then one becomes fixed on that path. But if somebody takes to it, uh, there's, a, there's a hope too, This Krishna says, if somebody takes to devotional service, they never lose what they gain. But in order to actually attain that destination, one has to be uh, fixed and steadfast on the path to attain that ultimate goal. <clears throat> so then he says by me and my unmanifested form this entire universe is pervaded all beings are in me but I am not in them which basically proper goes on to describe means that Krishna is all pervading by his energies but it doesn't mean that Krishna is personally um, he's not personally engaging everywhere because he's allowing his energies to work and to facilitate the material desires of the living entities in this world. So he's there. He is there. But it's described he's aloof. Because he's just allowing us. Like he's seated in the heart. And he's simply watching. He's observing. So he's there, but he's aloof. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to say?
3: Something? So in this uh, verse, uh, people, I'm like wondering, um, even though Krishna says, like, in my un- unmanifested form, this entire universe is pervaded. All beings are in me, but I'm not in them. Does that mean because even though he ha- he is there in everybody as Paramatma, uh, because Paramatma is like just the uh, chit potency and which is lower than the supreme personality of Godhead, that way can we understand that way?
0: Yeah. So. Um... You're right, because Krishna is in his full self is sat, chit, and ananda. So he's eternity, knowledge, and bliss. And in his bliss feature, he's engaging loving pastimes. So as paramatma, he's the witness and permitter. So like the chit potency. And that's what we're, we're speaking of in the, the 15th chapter, where he says, I am the remembrance, knowledge, and forgetfulness. So that chit potency is a knowledge potency. So he is, he is engaging... Um, he's gauging how to cover or, or, or reveal himself to the um, conditioned soul based on their desires so he's sitting there so you're right um, because the full potency isn't manifested except for through Bhagavan mm-hmm. and Bhagavan is the feature, full feature of ananda which means bliss which means there's a reciprocal exchange of love rather than um, the simply witness the controlling aspect um, and the
2: permitted,
0: is that mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Nice. Okay. If I may add just a single line really about
1: this, yeah. uh, about the point that, but I am not in them. Uh, there is this, uh, I've heard other people say something along the lines that, just because that the, uh, the Jeevatma in each person uh, is confusing uh, and and uh, so, and identifying with uh, the the world, that uh, he, he is deluded and until then uh, he doesn't see the paramatma so that is the in the sense in which you would take uh, all beings are in me but I am not in them uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: if that makes sense I don't know I am not if able to articulate
3: purified. It. I know what you are saying if you are yeah.
2: purified
3: then still that statement won't be like, uh, like if uh, i'm not in them then if you're purified then krishna is in them because that's what it means then so that statement wouldn't apply
1: maybe when yes. you, when he says but i'm not in them there is no them separate that's just krishna everywhere basically mm-hmm. the the moment the other person thinks there's another other then they are actually not uh, surrendered themselves to leave mm-hmm. Krishna in some sense the separate, to the, the Paramatma, the
2: illusion of separateness. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. illusion of
0: separateness. separateness. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Another way to look at it is is through the process of Krishna consciousness. The acharyas say that Krishna becomes manifest in the lotus of the heart, and so in other words, he's there, but he doesn't. He's not conscious to us because of our desire to forget him. Based on that envious nature, going back to the first verse. Mm-hmm. And so he, he's he, like so you like you were saying I think it's the same as that's the same exactly Bible Bible what you were saying.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's almost like the if you love them set free. It's like the grace of God to yeah. For we choose to to experience God's grace and absolutely. or uh, it's we're not forced to, you know. Yeah. So you can be what are, what do the Christians say? It's like in this in this world out of it. Yeah. Something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then as as devotees, as we're elevating in consciousness, we see we can see it's all God's grace. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's By His grace, we're forgetting Him. <laughs> because, it's,
2: his, it's, yeah, it's His mercy yeah. to allow us to choose. Exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, okay, so we'll quickly go through the rest of the review. And yet everything that is created does not rest in me. Behold my mystic opulence. Although I am the maintainer of all living entities and although I am everywhere, I am not a part of this cosmic manifestation for myself is the very source of creation. So in other words, Krishna is completely spiritual. And although he creates this inferior energy, it never affects him, it never contaminates him, and he never becomes that. He always remains completely spiritual. We're talking about sat ananda eternity, knowledge, and bliss. So we can become covered, but Krishna can never be covered. And that's one difference between the jiva and, and, and Krishna and Bhagavan. So he says, Understand that as the mighty wind blowing everywhere rests always in the sky... All created beings rest in me. The sky is vast. It's massive. You can't even comprehend the sky. So like that, everything actually rests in him. So it's like paradoxical. So he's saying one thing but another. And that's the nature of God, is that it's inconceivable. Like he's everywhere, but he's not there. So he says, O son of Kunti, at the end of the millennium, all material manifestations enter into my nature in the beginning of another millennium. By my potency, I create them again. So this process of um, birth, death, um, destruction, and, and, and creation is taking place um, by, the, by the energies of the Lord. So this uh,
3: here, the millennium meaning uh, it's a thousand years, uh, thousand, uh, mm, millennium is thousand, right?
0: Yes, yeah, so one day of Brahma is, is
3: a thousand cycles of the four yugas. Oh, so. that's the reason, like in the in that thousand yuga cycles um, uh, at the beginning, so everything is um, entered into my nature at the end of the millennium and at the another millennium, it's again.
0: Yeah. So the end of each day of Brahma, there's a, a partial destruction. And at the end of the life of Brahma, the universes are actually entered back into the body of the Lord. It's a, it's a great, great destruction.
3: So this partial destruction, during this partial destruction, then the souls are still in the stem of the lotus? Uh,
0: no, that doesn't. The, actually, all the universes entered back into the body of Vishnu So um, the stem the is partial coming. partial destruction
3: also?
0: No, in the partial destruction, um, the universe remains because Brahma is just, is just sleeping. It's his night. So the universes remain manifest. But at the end of the life of Brahma, then the universe is actually, and all the living entities go back into the body of Mahavishnu. So, but
3: where would the souls reside during that unmanifested, uh, when, during the night of the Brahma?
0: So, as I understand it, um, they also reside in the body of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, cause, cause, because when Brahma is creating, at the beginning of his day, he begins to create. And he gets the ingredients from the body of the Lord, like it's described in Bhagavatam. because the Lord is supplying the potency to create and the ingredients. And that's another reason that scientists shouldn't be proud, because anything they discover, they were given the resources to do it. Like they're given the sense perception, <laughs> and the objects are given too, yeah. and the so the ability to perceive the objects and the senses are all are all given, right? Like we didn't create them.
1: Nature just it's nature revealing
0: itself
2: better.
0: Yeah. 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 So I mean to be proud is like Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, he says, I'm the intelligence of the intelligent, yeah. I'm the strength of the strong, I'm the proudest of all powerful men. So it's it, you have to you have to really have lots of false ego to think mm-hmm. that you are doing something reading <laughs> something. <laughs> so <good>. Yeah. <clears throat> So then the whole cosmic order is under me. Under my will, it is automatically manifested again and again. And under my will, it is annihilated at the end. And then text nine, O Dhananjaya, all this work cannot bind me. I am ever detached from all these material activities, seated as though neutral. So then we we started text 10, 10 through 19. And so we're going to share now. Uh, Jitapriya, would you like to share?
3: Uh, Hare Krishna. Um, so the discovery, this is um, uh, when I was reading. Um, oops, it is clear that the Supreme Personality of Godhead, although appearing like a human being is not a common uh, Oops, I didn't write which verse this was. Let me say It was verse number 12, I think. So basically uh it's about the Mahatma. I think it's the thirteenth verse or 14th. it's about the Mahatma Fourteenth. So always chanting my glories endeavoring with great determination, bowing down before me, these great souls perpetually worship me with devotion. Mm. Why do foolish people deride Krishna when he descends in human form? I think that's what it is. For the question A, that's what I was reading. And then I just did the understanding and the discovery. Mm, So it's about uh, why do foolish people deride uh, Krishna. So The foolish people consider Krishna as uh, an ordinary man. So this one is... No, I think it's... uh, Foolish people deride is 6, 12, I think. Those who are bewildered or attracted... Those who are deluded. Those who are not deluded. No, that's the Mahatma. I'm so sorry. I do apologize. I think 11. Yeah. Fools deride me when I descend in the human form. They do not know my transcendental nature as the Supreme Lord, all that be. So, that's what it's saying, like... Mm -hmm. um, but why do fools deride? So basically. Uh, saying the foolish consider Krishna as an ordinary human being. Because they do not know the confidential activities of the uh, supreme personality of Godhead. Um, and. Uh, and this is and his different energies. So that's the discovery. Because. Because. Um, he the foolish why i was just thinking why do why would foolish really deride and and so it is clear that the supreme personality of godhead although appearing like a human being is not a common man so that's the discovery uh, understanding um the reason they, because like when uh, yudhishthira and all the pandavas could recognize krishna but why not the kauravas you know even krishna showed it to the his uh, form like it's not the same universal form but uh, at least some of it he showed to Duryodhana but he couldn't believe that he's the supreme personality of Godhead so I was like just thinking in that sense why they couldn't believe when Krishna is in front of you right so that's where uh, so supreme uh, my understanding is Krishna is supreme personality of Godhead he can be anything in any form he can be smallest of the smallest and biggest of the biggest a powerful father like a president can play with the kid in the house like a child and with the kid not having knowledge this for father so even krishna can come to benefit as an as an ordinary man uh, in the human form so it's just like uh, uh, the fools are like just like kids they think like okay my Krishna is just a human being, like how the kid thinks my father and he'll be playing with the dad and he doesn't have the knowledge of, even if he's a president or obviously the president is the topmost position. So they don't have that knowledge as Krishna is saying, I'll give them the forgetfulness if they're not believing in him, right? That's what they have. So to give us pastimes so we can relish them and be happy all the time. So that's the reason Krishna comes and uh, uh, he comes to the mundane world because he for the devotees to relish his pastimes. So that's how is my understanding. And the application. I should create deep love towards supreme personality of Godhead and keep chanting as a service to him as he has given so much to me. uh, So I relish the sweet nectar by listening to his pastimes.
0: Krishna. Thank you so much. Yeah, I remember that a little bit of the past time from Mahabharat when he shows the universe partial universal form,
1: mm-hmm. to
0: Yodin when he goes to the court, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he's trying to persuade them to to do the right thing.
1: And also, I think uh, before the war, uh, uh, since Krishna is uh, related to both the parties, mm-hmm. he offers uh, all his army to one. And uh, himself so he gives the choice first to Duryodhana I think, right? yeah, 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 Do you want all my armies or do you want me? Uh-huh. And the fool Duryodhana is he picks uh-huh. the power, the army, yeah. while he because he
0: doesn't realize the value of Krishna. Right, right, there you go. It's a perfect so, example, yeah. It is, uh, very well said. Yeah, because yeah, if you knew he, if you knew he was Bhagavan, I mean yeah. Maybe yeah. Yeah, just, <laughs> exactly. why would you not
2: choose Krishna? There's no faith.
0: But I like how um, towards the end of text 12 purport, he really, I feel like Prabhupada really drills home why they think he's an ordinary man. It says, one who considers the body of Krishna, well, this is from um, the Brihad Vishnu Smriti. One who considers the body of Krishna to be material should be driven out from all rituals and activities of the Shruti and Smriti. And if one by chance sees his face, one should at once take bath in the Ganges to rid himself of infection. People jeer at Krishna because they are envious of the supreme personality of Godhead. Their destiny is certainly to take birth after birth in the species of atheistic and demoniac life. Perpetually, their real knowledge will remain under delusion, and gradually they will regress to the darkest region of creation. So that doesn't sound very promising. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the root, actually, the root of our our um, our time in this world is due to envy. So you can see how, like, on a scale, if you see, like, the elevated um, personalities versus the um, low-grade consciousness, it's really a scale of envy. Because to some degree, um, until we're free from the desire to be great, to be like God, there's always going to be some envy there. Um, but the there's some that are, like, very envious. Like, at all costs, even if they see the universal form, they still think, oh, he's just, he's just a mystic power, is there? Just disregard. You know, mm. I could probably do that if I did some, you know, tapasya. I could, you know, if I worship some demigod, I could get that same strength.
3: I yes. think Ravana was also thinking the same way because Krishna yeah. spread his, his body several uh, ways, like he could uh, um, just clone himself. And Ravana tried to do, but he just could clone only his head instead of the body. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good one, yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. also Yes, sir. It also brings the other question that me uh, reminds me why why did Krishna re- uh, reveal his supreme personality to, uh, of Godhead to Arjuna and not any of the other Pand- uh, Pandavas? Why did he choose Arjuna over, say, Yudhishthira, who's the Dharma Putra or the most powerful Bhima? Uh, uh, I think they say that it is because Arjuna is like straightforward, clear. He doesn't have this. Too much of a envy, envious to attitude. Uh, uh, attitude, you know. Mm. He's just straightforward. He, he knows what he knows and he does what he does. That's it. He doesn't have. Uh, so I mean, I just thought.
0: Uh, yeah, for the sake of the Lila too, um, because these are all like great souls. Like these are all like you right. just do, and they're they're all actually even uh, the Kauravas, just the being Krishna's Lila. They're all they're actually all great souls. They're playing a particular role, but to teach us. So they're teaching us. But there's also the, the yoga maya where Krishna, where also they think Krishna is, is an ordinary person, but in love instead of envy. And that's the yoga maya. So like in Vrindavan, they didn't want to know Krishna was God. Uh, when Mother Yisrael, when they got some idea and he was God, then Krishna would, would bewilder them and they'd think, oh, oh, he's just some... Um... They would think the same thing, actually. They would think, oh, he's just like some great person or, or demigod or like empowered being. So it was the same thing, but it was based out of love. Because if they think he's God, then they can't think, oh, this is our sweet you know, little Krishna. Mm-hmm. Like They can't tease him anymore. Like after um, Krishna shows the universal form to Arjuna, Arjuna says, oh my gosh, like, forgive me. Like I was, I was joking with you like a friend. Like, forgive me for what I, whatever I have done in madness or in love, like he says. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting. It's just a different. It's just a different state of intention and consciousness. Um, but Krishna did reveal at different times, you know, that he is he is Bhagavan. Uh, but generally, generally, like you were said, it's very rare that anybody thought of him as God at that time. Um, either through. They didn't envy, realize
1: they didn't recognize. Yeah. Not everybody had the maturity to recognize uh, yeah,
2: I think that relates to to what was said earlier about that. About uh, like we we can, you're this you're at a state you're at a point in your life where you can choose to, to see what's already around you. You know, like God's always around us. Krishna's always in everything, and uh, it's it's almost like a level of sensitivity or awareness or choosing to be aware, getting to a point in your life where you're you're, less afraid to accept it, or see it. You know. I think we've all had kind of an experience after maybe meditating where you're extremely sensitive and you see God in everything or in more than usual, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's almost the same, kind of the callback. Yeah.
0: And like, um, So Krishna says that this material energy is also his divine energy. So like as devotees, we, we start seeing there's really no difference because if we use it in Krishna's service, then it's all spiritual. Mm -hmm. It's just a different, um, we're just in a different place. Like We're still in the jurisdiction of the material energy, but it's actually Mm -hmm. Krishna's energy isn't spiritual, it's divine. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, devotees start seeing Krishna everywhere.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, And even in retrospect, when you look back on things that happened to you in your life, you can see the grace in them. How God was present in them or something like
0: that. Yeah, you start seeing like, the history of like how things manifested in your life yeah I had that experience too when mm-hmm. I came to Krishna consciousness like wow like this this was like such a rare thing that this would happen this way mm-hmm. yeah that set, set the stage for like this to happen you know do you know what I mean Absolutely. like yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. do you want to share anything, anything, oh, anything right? that okay kind of yeah nice <laughs> <laughs> okay so I will share we had Murray Mohini she is my god sister And she's in Sedona. She's uh, very. uh, Murari Mohini? Yeah. And so she sent her um, discovery. It's also from text 11. So she said everyone should therefore be given proper respect and should not be neglected. And her understanding is that was from the purport. Her understanding is God is present in all living entities in his form of Paramatma, or Super Soul. Therefore, while it is good to worship the deity in the temple, one should not neglect to honor and offer respects to everyone as a temple of Krishna as
2: well. Mm-hmm.
0: Very nice. There's, Application?
2: There's a, there's a saying, it's a saying? it's like, be the sun. The sun doesn't choose where it shines, it just shines. Nice. Like you just show up all over. The yeah, place. nice.
0: But it's pretty sweet when you start seeing the, every, like the body as a temple of God. Mm-hmm. like then, then all of a sudden you're not looking at the body as um, something for personal enjoyment. Mm-hmm. See, so oh, you know, this is it. Krishna is, is there. Like, 30 chapters is uh, all about this. Is what I, mean. I mean, every chapter. Yeah. 30 chapters. Kshetra, Kshetra. You, you uh-huh, are, yeah, you know.
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: The, the field and the knower of the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
3: To his, like, how you're saying sun uh, shows the race to everybody, mm. Prabhupada also said sun can shine on the dirty water, mm. and it might have been this, yeah. Thing. It's like yeah. it's there, it doesn't care yeah, what it is, yeah. but the sun is shining on everything, so yeah.
0: It's like you have these great souls like uh, Shoddas, Babaji, or so many of these acharyas and saints. And they'd be going and they'd be offering respects to the plants and like Mm -hmm. offering their obeisances to like all the living entities. Um, They're truly seeing, you know, Krishna everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So application. It is a good reminder to treat everyone, including animals, with respect. One sometimes tends to overlook that and is content with worshiping Krishna in the temple. But Krishna is everywhere and in everyone. To say namaste to others is a good way to acknowledge this. I will try and remember always in my dealings with others that Krishna is in everyone. Very nice. He's a very sweet devotee. Okay, and now Krishna Nam, he sent in his as well. So I told, I think I told, um, Makin, did I say that right? (laughs) Okay, so I can share (laughs) that, um, He's being interviewed actually today for, to do a Bhakti Yoga radio show.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So he may have a radio show in Tucson. That's I guess Kirtan and well, Krishna is the one with the couple, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: No, Krishna Nam is a little elderly, a little older.
3: Oh he used to come yeah. to the classes, right? Yeah. He yeah,
0: he usually comes every week. Mm. Um he had an accident, so he wasn't coming for a little while. But
3: oh he's the one who Said his wife was in. Uh, yeah, his wife
0: is. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, I'm with That's okay. <laughs> okay, so his discovery is um, Bhagavad Gita 920. And it says Devotional service begins with the chanting of the Hare Krishna mantra and side by side trying to understand Krishna in truth. And his understanding. The first practice one should take up in devotional service is to chant the holy names of the Lord. And along with that, inquire into the true nature of Lord Krishna, learning everything about him, getting to know him. Very nice. Application. I start off every day chanting Hare Krishna. I try to approach each day as if it was my first time chanting the holy names of the Lord, with a fresh new enthusiasm. Throughout the day, I continue to chant, serving the holy names of the Lord. Then, throughout the day, I hear and read the words from bona fide Vedic texts with the sole purpose of wanting to know the Lord and serve Him better. Hi. Yeah, now that we have Prabhupada's books, he brought us like the essence of the Vedas. through mm-hmm. Bhakti Yoga Focus Bhagavad Gita. He focuses on the essence. He mm-hmm. gives us Bhagavatam, which is said to be the cream of all Vedic literatures. Because the first verse in Bhagavatam says, this Bhagavat Puran kicks out all cheating religions, all religions materially motivated by um, like material prosperity or liberation. It kicks out all of those. So Prabhupada you know gave us this eighteen volume Bhagavatam and then the Chaitanya Charitamrita, and like references throughout the Vedas to you know Krishna's potency, his power, his qualities so this is the primary process of bhakti yoga is to hear and chant the glories of the lord and and Prabhupada was also saying that one of these purports um, about what what equality of a mahatma is our great soul it's one who's always glorifying the lord who's always engaging in the nine processes of devotional service okay Okay, so does anybody have any quick questions or comments before we move on?
2: Okay.
0: okay.
1: Yeah, just one point about the... So this chapter uh, is talking about uh, Raja Vidya, Yogam, so there is also this aspect of uh, the king of knowledge, but also the secret of knowledge, right? but it is also the open secret, which is available for everybody, but uh, whether we are uh, receptive enough to it. Can (laughs) you say something about the secret aspect of this chapter? That's
0: so funny you said that, because my discovery and understanding application are exactly about that. I was getting ready to read that. (laughs) Yeah, because we were just thinking about that today. So this is from 920, and this is from the purport. This is a Brahmana who has studied the three Vedas is called a Vedi. Anyone who is very much attached to knowledge derived from these three Vedas is re- is respected in society. Unfortunately, there are many great scholars of the Vedas who do not know the ultimate purport of studying them. Therefore, Krishna herein declares himself to be the ultimate goal for the Trivadies. Actual Trivadies take shelter under the lotus feet of Krishna and engage in pure devotional service to satisfy the Lord. Devotional service begins with the chanting of the Hare Krishna mantra and side by side trying to understand Krishna and truth. Unfortunately, those who are simply official students of the Vedas become more interested in offering sacrifices to the different demigods like Indra and Chandra. And Krishna already said in the Bhagavad Gita, those who are less intelligent approach the demigods. And he also says those who are less intelligent approach Krishna in an impersonal way. So he's already made that clear. So so by such endeavor, the worshipers of different demigods are certainly purified of the contamination of the lower qualities of nature and are thereby elevated to the higher planetary systems or heavenly planets known as Maharloka, Janaloka, Tapaloka, etc. Because at least they're engaging in worship of higher authorities in the universe. So that's better than rejecting um, any higher authority. It's higher, although it's not high, but there's still purification that happens due to um, this this mood of thinking oneself um, in need of, of benediction from higher authorities and approaching God's representatives, although as for material gain. Once situated on those higher planetary systems, one can satisfy his senses hundreds of thousands of times better than on this planet. Who is dangerous? <laughs> <laughs> So, understanding <clears throat> in verse 918, two verses back, Lord Krishna says, I am the goal, the sustainer, the master, the witness, the abode, the refuge, and the most dear friend. I am the creation and the annihilation, the basis of everything, the resting place, and the eternal seed. Then later on, Bhagavad Gita 1515, 15, Lord Krishna says, I am seated in everyone's heart, and for me comes remembrance, knowledge, and forgetfulness. By all the Vedas, I am to be known. We're talking about the tree Vedas. So then Krishna in 1515 says, By all the Vedas, again, I am the goal, basically. Knowing me is the goal. Indeed, I am the compiler of Vedanta, and I am the knower of the Vedas. We can clearly see, therefore, based on these verses and many others, in the broader context of Bhagavad Gita and Vedic knowledge, there are lower types of dharmic activities and higher ones. Depending on the consciousness of the person approaching the Veda, certain aspects will seem more attractive. So this is the key thing is is our consciousness determines what we see. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but if you ever bought a car, I know in college I bought a car, and all of a sudden after I bought the car, everywhere I looked on the roads, I saw the same car that I bought. Like Before I never saw that car. And, And similarly, like if you are really into um, like technology. And you look at the news. All the news headlines of technology will jump out at you. So what becomes available to us is based on um, what we're seeking. Uh, So we see the world based on the lens we're looking through. So this kind of answers your question in the sense that uh, it's open secret. Mm -hmm because it's there but we can't see it because our vision is clouded mm-hmm. like if you just read this verse 920 you say oh, okay I can become I can become purified and I can attain hundreds of times more sense gratification on the higher planets that's exactly what I want do you see what I mean? <laughs> but there's high there's but that's not that's still being being implicated in the cycle of birth and, yeah mm-hmm. and so do you, do you see like so, so that's why um Prabhupada was stressed, people are so many people are attached to the Karmakanda section of the Vedas. That that out different rituals and, and sacrifices and ways to approach the demigods for material enjoyment. So that's what they see. When they see the Vedas, they see the Karmakanda section. So For those inclined strongly towards sense gratification, the Karmakanda section of Vedas will reveal itself prominently. However, those who approach the Bhagavad Gita with an innocent heart, seeking the best thing, will clearly see that pure devotional service to Lord Krishna is the highest revelation. Such a rare and devoted soul will reap the highest reward available in existence. Everlasting joy and love through selfless service to Lord Krishna. So Krishna himself in Bhagavad Gita says, it's the rarest soul's approach for devotional service. says out of thousands among men one may endeavor for perfection so one may endeavor out of thousands one may try to attain the heavenly planets and of those who attain a perfection hardly one knows me in truth so although it's an open secret clearly clearly it's 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 there in the vedas it's very clear Mm -hmm. that krishna is the goal you know throughout the vedas bhagavatam is, is stating that the supreme occupation for all humanity is that by which men can attain a loving devotional service to the transcendent Lord. Such devotional services must be unmotivated and uninterrupted to completely satisfy the self. So this is clear, but... um, So the very
3: reason we are here because of the consciousness we had, we want to get closer to Krishna. So that's what, even though a lot of people read Bhagavad Gita, They probably don't want to do service to Krishna. They want more material. Obviously, even like materially, um, there are four kinds of people Krishna says who comes to me. But there are who wants to have material gain, but they don't want to come to Krishna. Mm -hmm. But materially distressed people or like who wants money. All those people, they still will find other ways to get those.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But uh, there are pure conscious people, like how Prabhuji was saying, like you bought a car and you were seeing the same car. So somehow we got attached to one devotee, and then we thought this is what I want.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a matter of like it not resonating, like Krishna. Due to his grace, again he clouds our consciousness. Like like that's a perfect way to say it—an open secret. Mm-hmm. Because it's right in front of us, but because we have no interest, it's it's like it it's like it passes in front of us, but we don't see it. It's like we just push it to the side. So okay, there's now this is what I want. Like the higher Christians, no, no, no. That's that's something I can't even relate to. (laughs) Because you start talking about pure love of God, who in this world wants pure love of God? I mean, people say it, but who really wants? To have a personal, close, intimate relationship with Krishna. It's very rare. It's actually very rare. Um, But we try to go with people's attraction. We we all seek it. Um, Mm -hmm. We try to get there slowly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then Prabhupada is giving the answer about, again, about uh, the Mahatmas, is that those become Mahatmas by associating with other devotees, basically. Mm -hmm. And that's the key is that we reflect just like a crystal, reflects everything around it. So uh, we reflect our association. So that's the key that Prabhupada gives. We start to have our social circles around devotees, and that changes everything. Because we we attain our values through our association. Like if you're with people that are just into mundane things, that becomes part of our, uh, our life, our
2: culture. So...
0: So the application, karma uh, karmakanda consciousness can easily creep in if I lose sight of the goal. Every morning during japa meditation, I must pray to stay fixed on developing pure love for God through devotional service, else I may find myself going through the motions with a divergent internal motivation. So the, uh, Rajatanya talked about weeds that can choke out the bhakti creeper. So you're developing bhakti, but at the same time, you're watering the weeds. And so the weeds can sometimes become prominent. So he says like a, 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 a good and, and active, faithful gardener, he's always conscious of the weeds. And, and that's the also vision Krishna gives. Like you can see where you are. You can see when the anartas come and you say, no, no, I don't want this. Like actually happiness comes through service to Krishna because something else becomes prominent. See, Some other desire becomes prominent. And as a devotee we we we, you know just like a gardener he's like no i gotta get i gotta get rid of these weeds they're choking you know the the garden they're they're destroying my plants my crops you know my livelihood so okay um so six o'clock you you have to yes you have to get going soon Mm -hmm. okay well i want to i want to take you to the book room Yes. um Let's see, we kind of went over the first question because you you kind of went over that. And the second one, what happens to the foolish people who deride Krishna's descent? Well, Krishna says right in the, um, let's see, the 12th verse, those who are thus bewildered are attracted by demonic and atheistic views and that deluded condition, their hopes for liberation, their food of activities and their culture of knowledge are all defeated. So all their endeavors are defeated. Um, those who are so atheistic. And, and before Prabhupada was saying that they, and Krishna was saying they go into the lowest form of life, like very demonic forms of life. So what is a description of Mahatma? Um, Krishna says, those who are not deluded, the great souls are under the protection of the divine nature. They are fully engaged in devotional service because they know me as a supreme personality of Godhead, original and inexhaustible. And then Srila Prabhupada says the first sign of the Mahatma is that he is already situated in the divine nature. He is not under the control of the material nature. Then he says one who surrenders unto the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, at once becomes free from the control of material nature. That is the qualification. One can become free from the control of material nature as soon as he surrenders his soul to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. That is the preliminary formula. And he says, as soon as the living entity is free from the control of material nature, he is put under the guidance of the spiritual nature. The guidance of the spiritual nature is called a Daivi prakriti, divine nature. Another definition he gives is the mahatma does not divert his attention to anything outside Krishna. So he becomes absorbed in Krishna. Like he just Basically, when you fall in love, that object of love becomes everything you think about. So that's the goal. Love of God is the goal. And that's just the nature of love. when you love something you're always thinking about that you truly love Um, then in the verse you were also reading um, 14 the Mahatmas are always chanting my glories endeavoring with great determination bowing down before me perpetually worship me with devotion and Prabhupada says a Mahatma is always engaged in chanting the glories of the Supreme Lord Krishna the personality of Godhead he has no other business he is always engaged in the glorification of the Lord In other words, he is not an impersonalist. And that's an interesting quote, because when you get to know the beauty of Krishna and his outstanding qualities and features and his abode, then you can actually relish his personal nature. Um, You can glorify that nature. The Prabhupada says, in other words, he's not an impersonalist. Because once there's some realization of the beauty and glories of Krishna, then it's natural to want to glorify that. Like we see that all the time. Like, again, like people are interested in, in different hobbies or activities, and they're always glorifying like the top people in that particular field. Like, if people are really into science, they might be always talking about the latest thing that Stephen Hawking came up with, or like, you know, they're always glorifying like the new scientific technological advance. <laughs> so, is just natural? So as, devote, as we get to know about Bhagavan, personality of Godhead, then we can we can begin to glorify. It's like, you know, Krishna just takes one step in Vrindavan, you know, like all the um, birds and the the, the, the trees and the, all the living entities are just stunned in, in anticipation and ecstasy, just looking at the Lord because of his beauty, his charm, the way he moves, the way he, You know, Bhagavan, he's the source of all attractive features. So was an interesting quote by Prabhupada. So when a Mahatma is attached to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Mahatma is always engaged in different activities of devotional service as described in the Srimad Bhagavatam, hearing and chanting about Vishnu, not a demigod or human being. And such a Mahatma has firm determination to achieve at the ultimate end the association of the Supreme Lord in any one of the five transcendental rasas. To achieve that success, he engages all activities—mental, bodily, and vocal—everything in the service of the Supreme Lord, Sri Krishna. That is called full Krishna consciousness. And then, he says the Mahatmas, great souls, strictly observe all these rules and regulations, and therefore they are sure to achieve the desired result. So, in Krishna consciousness, the acharyas give us things that prohibit our advancement and, and then positive activities like yama niyam or the yama niyam. This is um common understanding in the yoga system. There's things that um, lower our consciousness and those are things that allow us to expand our consciousness. So, Prabhupada's saying that those who follow those things, they can reach that destination through, again, being faithful. Like Krishna says, those who are not faithful, they can achieve it So, okay, so um, you're running late, so yeah, running. I'm gonna take, he wants to There's see the six book and- room, 6.05. Okay. You got a few minutes? Are you can uh, take it to the book room? Or? Yeah, yeah, Okay. Um, you
3: mean the library is here,
0: right? The book yeah, books? he wants um, where we store all of all, all the books oh, for oh, like, okay. our, our inventory. Can, uh, is yeah? It close by? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can the see same it too. Thing? Yeah, he's, um, it's just right over here. Mm-hmm. But he's passing through from, from New Mexico, so he wants to um, maybe get a few books. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So you can come too if you want to see our book room. And then we're gonna be going on Harinam. So, um, I don't know if, Krishik, if you wanna, if you'd uh, like to join us. So.
1: I, I, I will join, but I might have to leave. Uh, okay, I
0: mean, so you'll drive like separate? sorry? You'll, you'll drive separate? Where? Uh, okay, okay, you're gonna join us to the book room.
1: Okay, after the book room, you're, you're driving somewhere? Isn't yeah.
0: It? yeah, yeah, we're going on Harinam. So we're gonna go down, like downtown, Fourth oh, okay. Avenue, we're gonna chant, we're gonna go it's um, do okay. Sankirtan. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Unfortunately, um, so. I can't join today, but okay. I'll definitely try to join next week. Okay,
0: okay. Yeah, we do it every week, so whenever mm-hmm. you want. So right after
1: this, we go there. We'll yeah, yeah, through, we leave around around 6.30, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So, yeah. Well, you're welcome every week. Yeah, awesome. Come to Bhagavad Gita class and okay. know. So, Yeah, thank you. Okay. All yeah. right, thank you all so much.